Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up. And we have a lot going on in relation to Florida A&M University, FAMU Athletics. And the biggest news right now relates to FAMU football, which is where we're going to start off, followed by the baseball, softball, and the women's basketball team. So the football team, big get, big loss. Uh, Big loss is where we're going to start with, though, because announced today Isaiah Land is supposedly entering the transfer portal. Isaiah Land won the Buck Buchanan Award as the best rated player at the FCS championship level. And out of nowhere, seemingly out of the blue, after an announcement in January saying, hey, other schools are courting me, but I want to make it at FAMU. Seems like he's entered the transfer portal. And this has been reported by rivals. Uh, I saw it first on Lights on Sports. Also, the spun uh, Matt Zanitas, and he works for on three sports. So multiple platforms are announcing this has happened. I've also shared it on the FQ Twitter page, uh, FQ FAMU. But I also stipulated that per multiple sources. So not that I have uh, directly heard from his camp or anything like that. Just announcing that I've seen it up there and it is actively showing on the Rivals Transfer Portal, which I, I kind of I mess with rivals a long way uh, to use a common metaphor for the current generation. What does this mean? That is a huge loss for FAMU, especially in the middle. You had seemingly what was going to be probably the best linebacking core in the SWAC with the addition of some transfers, one of which from Iowa State just got another dude to talk about today. And it just looked like FAMU was really going to have a really great defensive line and linebacking core and the secondary is already full to capacity so it's like oh man this is a huge loss um if it is but the reason why is seemingly from today is the last day that students can enter the transfer portal and not have to sit out next season after today unless they get a special waiver they have to sit out the full season like they used to do uh, before we had the one-time transfer rule so the question is, um, will Land actually transfer? I don't know. I, um, I, I, I've talked to some of my friends. You know how you do with the barbershop talk. More than likely, there's some NIL implications here from a school that is larger and that has a little more capacity to be to be able to support uh, the student athletes through NIL. So we're gonna be able to see what that what that turns into how that works. I really feel like um, it's best at this point for Isaiah to stay at fam uh, probably has something to do with the fact that no family players got drafted. 
So that's a big deal, y'all. Like, and that's that's moves us to our next section here. Like, what none of the family players got drafted. Marquise Bell, you know, met him. Really nice guy. Savian, y'all already know. I'm uh, Savian's like this my dude right there. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little biased. He doesn't get drafted either. Antoine Collier, Bishop Bonnet, none of the Rattlers from last year's roster were drafted. So if you're looking over, you're going to be looking like, oh, crap, man. Like nobody got drafted and they came here to see these guys. I don't know if I'm staying. So we see that none of them get drafted, but we do have Marquise Bell signing with the Dallas Cowboys. He he worked out with the Cowboys. If you don't remember, they had the video and the picture of him going there, working out at Cowboys training camp and all these other things. He actually has gone on to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a roster he could realistically make. If you're a Cowboy fan like me, the secondary is garbage. Um, not saying that I could go out there and start. I'm definitely not in, you know, not <laughs> trying to say that. But I'm saying they're not the best secondary in the NFL. I really think Marquise Bell can make that team um, at least make the practice squad. But I'd be very surprised if he doesn't make that team. Other guy that we see make it, Savian Williams, makes the New York Jets. That's two dudes that went to school in Tallahassee that are going to sign with the Jets. And that means the uh, Jets, if you're not familiar, first round pick, they took Jermaine Johnson from Florida State University. That, that's a nice little defensive line. If Savian can make the team, I think he I think he can definitely make the practice squad. Um, I don't I don't know if he makes a team, but that's because I'm not familiar with the Jets. That's not me shout, shedding any doubt on Savian. That's just me being candid to tell you all I, I don't know everything about NFL teams that I don't follow, especially the ones that are trash. Um, I like the Cowboys and the Bucks, so I follow them. And outside of that, I don't have any time to really follow anybody else. I peek at the Jaguars because they're close and I look down at the Dolphins because they're also about the same amount of time from the Jaguars for me. So Jaguars are a little closer, but um, yeah, so th- those are the big ones. We did not see anything about Bishop Bonner, Antoine Collier, Antoine Collier, the transfer University of Central Florida. Bishop Bonnet um, seems to be moving on in his professional life. Seems to have been doing that for a few months now, just being honest. And uh I mean, he, he's been working at the firm, dealing with construction for a few months. And like I said, things seem to be moving, seems to be moving in his post uh, academic life. So best of wishes to all of them and any of the uh, other Rattlers who do decide to go elsewhere and to sign. Like we've seen graduation has happened this week. Congratulations to all our Florida University graduates. I commend you. I know the feeling is amazing. Uh it's, it's a wonderful feeling to attend graduation and to be a part of it as well. Uh, we also have a signee, one James Ash. He's a linebacker from the Tampa area, and he's a transfer from Wake Forest, 6'3". They list him at 285, and if he's 285, he is a built solid 285. Like, I don't want that smoke coming off the corner. So, Jackson State, you're going to have your hands uh, full with that gentleman right there. So, big get. For the Rattler football team, especially on a day where you may be losing Isaiah Land, that's huge. Uh, hopefully, we can find a way to keep him in the camp. If you didn't pay attention to the previous show, Isaiah Land did not play in a spring game. He's on the sideline coaching up the guys. He, uh, you know, even mentioned my my tweet where I talked about him coaching up his guys. I like, got to, got to. So, hope he stays a fan. You hope him and the coaches don't have too bad of a falling out. 
over the decision. It's definitely an emotional decision when you see what's potentially your best player leaving the team, especially for what he perceives as greener pastures. So, uh, man, wild and crazy times up there on the hill. All right. So we're going to have our first segment. I'll give you all a break here and uh, we're going to come back in a moment. Welcome back to Fangs Up, y'all. All right, we just talked about the uh, football team and what is going on over there. Now let's talk about some of our other spring sports, most notably the baseball team. And I actually waited to uh, record the show until the baseball game ended. Florida NM University gets a series win against Alabama A&M. Needed that. Got to beat them dogs anytime you can. The real A&M needs to stand up when it's ever possible um yeah, I'm, i am throwing a shot being a little petty just because it's fun uh, but we just finished a series of mississippi valley state university and uh game one was a molly whopping we beat the jesus at them boys we walked the dog with them we beat some heaven into the devils it's a 16 to 5 win for the rattlers and you gotta love it y'all Oof, mississippi valley state is kind of like the medicine of the swag i don't know why but thank you all for keeping them in the conference because they're always good for a good win. Uh, not to like poke the bear about that team or that program, but it, it is a team that very often is coming in at that clutch moment when you need a win. Here comes Valley, except for in softball. Softball, they 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 gave us the work. Um, but in baseball, whoo, boy, that's the medicine the Lord just keeps on giving. Keep on sending us to the Valley. Um, game two, another stomping, seventeen to six. FAMU gets another win in the last game. Game three ended about an hour or two ago, not too long ago. Shout out to Mississippi Valley Sports. Um, Mississippi Valley State University's Twitter page, they they were they were the only ones really keeping the score up to date. Uh, FAMU wasn't keeping track of it, and I'm not way over there in the Valley, so I'm not going to lie to y'all. That's a long ride uh, that I did not have to make, uh, but it's a comeback victory, 11-6, Meaning FAMU sweeps the series. Yay! Um, and it was fun to watch. Uh, again, shout out to the Mississippi Valley State uh, Twitter team because they did have a little back and forth. Um, not not like mean back and forth either. We were dropping memes at each other at the end of the game. Um, and it was all fun. Y'all, if y'all have seen the Twitter page, FQ FAMU uh, Twitter page, y'all know I, I'm, I am probably one of the lighter people when it comes to uh following sports i'm not one of these people that is trying to draw any bad attention to anybody it's always going to try to be in the best light possible so we get a big sweep and what this means for family baseball is we have a chance to have a winning season and let's not understate that i want a winning season it makes us look good it makes it look better when we're recruiting people and players saying hey you know family baseball we don't suck we had a winning record Really? Yeah, we did. We played some good teams. We didn't beat all of them. We have a different strategy. This is our strategy. Really? Yeah. Come check it out. Mentioning that, FAMU gets a signing. One, Josh uh, Scrag, and he is a 5'7", dual-sided player. So you, I don't know the proper term because I, I wanted to use the term utility, but I found out that you, the word utility actually is like saying somebody sucks in a very nice way and that they play really good defense. And I was like, oh, that's not very nice. He's not a utility player. He just pitches and bats left. So if you're not familiar, FAMU's pitching coach, FAMU's head coach, both have pitching backgrounds. Uh, Brian Henry, Jamie Shoup, both 
pitching backgrounds of Florida State University. Coach Shoup was the pitching coach at Florida State when Florida State had players like Buster Posey and making those legendary runs to Omaha and getting defeated. Let's not re- let's not bring that back. Hard memories. I'm a fan of Ewan, but I'm I, I'm a Tallahasseean, so I love FAMU and FSU sports wise, um, and a former FSU employee as well as FAMU employee. So I love both universities. Um, but we needed that uh, big get. FAMU's pitching hasn't been terrible, y'all. We 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 had some conference, all conference players already that have come out with some conference hardware this season, and you're you're seeing that going down to Lake Sumter College down there near the Tampa Leesburg area uh, to get some talent. Shout out to the coach over there. He actually retweeted it. Uh, He was one of the first to post it on social media saying, hey, one of my guys is going to FAMU. And uh, I accidentally posted the coach's poaches. He he was the player and had to uh, delete it and actually mention to the coach, my bad, man. And to his credit, he was a stand-up guy. He said, man, no problems at all, man, no problems at all. So I did make a mistake in uh, my first tweeting, but I fixed it so Josh got his proper credit. Uh, Other sport we're talking about is softball. So softball is going to finish the season on a losing note. We we the first game, fam, you wins off on walk off fashion. The videos on social media, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have the, I don't have the crazy sound effects, but y'all kind of get the feel. Like it was super exciting to watch, and they posted on social media. Somebody got it up there. It was on the Twitter page. It was lit. Four uh, two victory, but we dropped the last two games. One of them was a ten to two loss in six innings. Yikes. Uh, game three is an eight to two loss. And kind of it was it seemed like as soon as we started losing, we didn't get any more notifications about that. So I kind of went back and saw that we got a um, loss on that one. But I mean, tough into the regular season. Now we have the SWAT tournament. Will fam, you make the SWAT tournament is a question. And if so, what seed? I believe we're going to make it. I'm not speaking with authority. That is just pure speculation on my end. But I, I'm very confident to say that um, I, I think we finished in that top half of the SWAC to be able to go to the conference championship. Also had senior night this past weekend to honor the seniors during the week of graduation. So great times, great things happening for the FAMU softball team. And women's basketball gets a signing. We got a new Rattler, y'all, on the basketball team. And that's that's not, that's not something to, like, poo-poo about because the basketball team was uh, – uh, mm, trying to find a nice way to say that they, we weren't very good this year, but we weren't very good basketball-wise for the women's team. A uh, lot of losses, a lot of COVID, a lot of, oh my gosh, are we ever going to win a game here? Uh, so it just kind of was the elephant in the in the room that the women's basketball team wasn't doing well. And Coach Pillow was trying. I mean, it wasn't that the fact the lady wasn't trying or she didn't care. We just weren't winning, like, I mean, you had some games where you barely had enough people to really suit a basketball squad, and we lost. And you're like, okay, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, you remember, everybody's played basketball where you and your friends suit up and y'all got somebody on the the sideline and, hey, let's run full court. Okay, well, we got 12 people or we got 13 people. Well, y'all take two and we'll take one extra. And eventually, the team with the two extra, even if they some scrubs, starts beating you unless you just have immensely more talented people because you're getting tired. So hopefully, uh, Skyler 
Balzegger. I ooh, I butchered her. I butchered her name. I'm sorry, Skyler. I'm just gonna call you Skyler. Uh, Skyler. She's a guard, six two from College of Charleston. Uh, will she play guard at FAMU? Is the question. Um, I don't know. Unless we get some more size, she may have to slide to the forward position. Um, again, I believe in the Jalen Rose mantra uh, that positions were made in the sport of basketball so that novice can follow the game. But I do feel like she's going to play more of a forward, if not center position at FAMU, which would be very interesting. I would love to see us have a ball handling center in women's basketball. I feel like that would be very interesting, especially if she can shoot because she would be able to take the larger um, players off the dribble and force them to come out the paint a little bit. That'd be interesting. Um, that, that's just me. I, I'm, I'm definitely a person that believes in positionless basketball. I don't mind basketball with a lot of smaller players. I also like basketball when, when everybody can touch the ball, share the ball and shoot the ball. So I'm definitely in the minority on that section there. So very interesting to see. And we're going to have some more to talk about in a moment. All right, so let's finish up the show. Uh, let's let's just kind of come off the cuff with something. I don't know what to name this, uh, but we're going to close with just a little straight-up conversation. So the new thing in sports is NIL. NIL means name, image, and likeness. What is it, though? Well, it relates back to that old Ed O'Bannon suit, and if you're like me, I'm a lifetime gamer. My favorite video game of all time is NCAA 14. It really any of the NCAA series games because it's probably like NCAA 12, NCAA 10 because I didn't have to upload all the HBCUs onto the game. Uh, but that's my favorite video game series of all time. The NCAA game series. I loved it for the basketball, the baseball, the football. I love being able to be at that age where some of my friends were graduating high school and going to college. So one of my friends, I was in his wedding. He was in the NCAA baseball game. So I pitched as my best friend, as one of my good friends, not best friends. And so it was just exciting. And it's like, dude, did you ever get paid for any of that? He's like, no. My cousin played uh, for University of Alabama uh, at Birmingham. I get to play with him and play as him on the game. I'm like, cuz, did you ever get paid for this? He's like, nah, not when we were in school. All right, so it's like, now... With NIL, these students have to be paid for their image, their likeness, their name, anything related to that, those kind of things. The players are supposed to be compensated for because it's just that's the way things kind of should happen in a capitalist society where you should be paid for things that you advertise or that you promote or that are being you're utilized that you're promoting. And a lot of times we notice these students were promoting stuff with or without their consent with pretty much the uh, idea that your scholarship pays for this advertisement, but the university is going to get paid several hundreds, if not whatever thousands of dollars, maybe even millions for this. So um, what this is, is this is a way to get players paid. And we've seen the numbers already crazy. We saw that quarterback that committed to Tennessee get upwards of $10 million for his NIL. If you've not heard the new word, and this is according to people that are smarter than me and more in the know than me, such as Bud Elliott, who does the NOLCast and the Cover 3 podcast and other things for CBS Sports and 247, uh, reporting that Arch Manning's NIL deal could be upwards of 10 or $15 million. So 
these are big deals, y'all. So now the new thing is, and this is something our former AD, uh, Courtney Gauthier was working on, was trying to get an NIL deal worked in at FAMU. And uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen before he left. And we have to, as HBCUs, start to realize we have to keep up with the other groups. We have to build an NIL collective. Each university is going to need to have some type of NIL collective that's going to be able to funnel money money to its top athletes. Otherwise, you're going to see what happened today with Isaiah Land happen more often. It's going to be speculated that he's transferring. He's going to be in the transfer portal if he is. And if he's not, he's not. But you're going to see these our best players come to FAMU, sign, and get treated like the minor leagues. And say, hey, okay, you did, you had a great year in the minor leagues. Now you get your one-time transfer. You can transfer up. And all of a sudden, while you're transferring up, we have an NIL collective that can pay you money. It may not be in the millions, but if you're like me, when you were younger, look, a hundred thousand, hundred dollars is a lot of money. Hell, a hundred dollars as an adult is a lot of money, depending on what your, what your financial situation is. So we're talking about a situation where you're going from the students making no money other than their financial aid to where they're getting tens, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies of thousands of dollars on up. Yeah, I'm gone. And you can't get mad at the students. So we have to build our own NIL collectives, NIL funding mechanisms to be able to allow Coach Simmons and Coach uh, Respus and all the other coaches to be able to retain the best talent. Because it's going to be hard for us to keep the best talent coming to FAMU for free. Everybody ain't going to do us a solid because you're an HBCU and decide to come over and just play for free for the culture. No, no, no. I'm only going to do so much for the culture when it starts hitting me in the pocketbook. So if we don't start getting some type of NIL things worked out, we're going to see that we're going to continue to fall behind and we're going to lose our best talent because our best talent is going to say, I can get paid nothing to play it. Grambling or Jackson State, which Grambling has an NIL collective already working, um, or Cookman or Fam, or I can get paid thirty, forty thousand dollars to go pay a play at Florida State. Whether I get on the field or not, meh, but I'm getting paid. There you go. And some of them are going to play on the field. That's going to be the difference. Now, what happens if we do get our NIL collective going? Better talent. All of a sudden, the HBCUs start getting better talent. And when you win, winning begets other things. People follow winners. Let's just let's just keep it a buck. Let's be honest. FAMU basketball, women's game, dead empty. FAMU basketball, men's game, <laughs> the stadium was packed. I'm struggling not to call it Gaither because I'm that I'm that generation of Rattler. Lawson Center was just like being just a thing when I was when I left, but. The Lawson Center was pretty packed. I mean, you're talking six, seven, eight thousand people watching the men's games opposed to like five hundred. In the words of Kevin on stage, five hundred <laughs> watching a basketball game. So we got to get uh, to the understanding, the idea that FAMU is going to have to find a way to develop NIL. We've got to figure out our athletic director situation. Uh, that's something else that's going to be huge. I know that supposedly we have a group looking and trying to figure things out. And if the things that are reported that our previous athletic director, Goshe, did are true, 
I mean, you had to get rid of him. Um, do I like it? No. Would I like him to get slapped on the wrist? Maybe. But that could have cost the university millions of dollars if that stuff holds weight. Um, I don't know how much of it holds weight, but that has to be addressed going forward. So it's just it's two weekends in a row where some information that you like comes out and some information you hate comes out in relation to Florida and University Athletics. And uh, we just really have to make sure that we're cognizant of what we put out there as a fan base. Like you, you, uh, one of the big things about the FQ family Twitter page, I take pride in. I don't put a lot of bad information out there, y'all. And it's on purpose. It's not because I want everybody to see FAMU through rose-colored glasses or orange and green glasses. But it's because there's enough of y'all talking bad about my university. I'm not going to be the one to put it out there, too. I mean, if it's not major news, don't expect me to put out bad news on FAMU. I'm sorry. I, I could I could be sitting across from <laughs> Willie Simmons and he, he they, they have a fight. I'm I'm not videoing it. I'm not, uh, you know, they could be having a knockdown drag out fight. And I'd be like, did you see the fight? Oh, yeah, yeah I saw it. You're not going to report about it? No. Why? I'm not here to besmirch my, the name of my university. I'm biased. <laughs> Straight up. I'm here to talk about the sports, talk about the players, talk about the athletes, keep moving. Anything other than that, I'm not here for it too much, man. So, um, but yeah, look, we're going to finish the show with a lot more of these kind of ideas man because we, we we have some things we got to talk about we got to get the enrollment up got to get the board of governors to get us back above 10 15,000 man because the difference between us having those just those student fees just that that annual graduation rate we pumped we pumped out about i think somebody said about 2,000 somewhere in the area 1,500 between 1,500 and 2,000 graduates this past um Weekend, some some in that number, and imagine if we get another five, ten thousand students in. Talk about two, three thousand students. That adds up, y'all. It, it's got to be looking past this year, looking into the ten years. I let's just be honest, y'all. Two thousand students, three times a year, that's six thousand students matriculating through the university. We'll say we'll say twice a year. Summer graduation ain't gonna be that big, so we're gonna leave it at five thousand a year. Five thousand students graduating from FAMU. One year that's five thousand, two year that's ten thousand, three years is fifteen, four years is twenty, five years is twenty five, ten years is fifty thousand graduates. Some of them are gonna leave here. So let's say out of that fifty thousand graduates, forty thousand stay here, on this side of heaven. That's revenue, y'all. Especially if out of that forty thousand. 15,000 continue to stay financially tied to the university. That's money, y'all. That it's, it's, it, it gets bigger than just the student fees. It's the alumni base has to stay growing. It has to stay large enough to sustain the university, to continue to make it relevant, and to continue to make it a marketable brand that others are going to want to look at and be a part of. And this is where the power of us having our own NIL collective and other things really becomes dangerous. Because now, when you're talking about 100,000 FAMU graduates, now I ain't, I ain't saying 100,000 HB, 100,000 FAMU graduates in, in, in their ability to support the university and give back to the university, all of a sudden, we start to have a real spot at the table because UCF is 70,000 students. Florida State, across the street, 
50,000 students. UF, above 50, almost 60,000 students. USF, 60,000 students. University of North Florida has eclipsed us. They're somewhere in the 10 to 15,000 15, student range. Florida Atlantic, Florida International. All these universities have come up since FAMU has been in existence and surpassed us in enrollment. And now we're seeing their cof- their coffers grow. They're recruiting the best and the brightest. They're recruiting the students at FAMU can no longer recruit and that we're no longer allowed to bring in. Alas, we continue to have 9,000 students, 10,000 students. We're sending away students that have 20s on the SAT and 3.5 GPAs. Yet, UNF takes them. FAU takes them. This hurts us in the long run, and the Board of Governors could care less, in my personal opinion. But uh, that being said, we've got to find a way to build up our own and continue to build towards the betterment of FAMU. Hopefully you gave during the FAMU Day of Giving, even if it was $18.87. It was fine. It's more than we had. We got somewhere in the neighborhood of three to six hundred thousand dollars think about six hundred thousand after everything got put together so um that's over half a million dollars just on a whim let's continue to try to give the fam you so that we can continue to see some progress y'all i appreciate your time as always i love talking to you and i love talking about fam you and it's always going to be thanks up